Blog Talk Radio. Celebrating their 20th year in radio broadcasting with news not heard in the news. The International Taz and Paula Show interviews experts from all walks of life, bridging research and personal life journeys, revealing new ways to unleash life with a passion of a heartbeat. And now, here's Taz and Paula. Well, our beautiful guest author, Trennis Rose, has brought forth an artistic, one-of-a-kind, spiritual, inspirational gift book called Akashic Alphabet that offers a thought-provoking series of vision narratives coupled with acutely sensitive fine art illustrations painted by a master artist whose art resides in museums. Her work in Akashic Alphabet is truly a life viewed through a different looking glass. This award-winning author examines the light of the universal connection in all there is. Paula, I was actually stunned when I saw Trennis' book, and I know our listeners will be too. You are now listening to the International Taz and Paula Show. I'm Taz. And I'm Paula, and I second that, Taz. The book is is detailed and it's so magnificent and it's just gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Turnus brilliantly shares with her readers that a conscious, metaphoric shift is taking place in our dimension and each soul has subconsciously chosen an individual rate of spiritual growth and ascension. She says there are those who are aware of the forefront that they may be acting as catalyst in a vital process of raising the vibration of all living beings, including our precious Mother Earth. Trinath, we are honored to have you with us today. Thank you so much for taking time for this interview. I'm so happy to be with you, and thank you for having me. Well, Trinath, you are certainly, I'm going to call you a virtuosa in artistry fields. And for us to begin, let's Find out what the word Akasha means. Okay. Uh, The Akasha is an ancient Sanskrit word, and it means sky or space. It literally is where the collective subconscious mind resides. And within the Akasha lies a beautiful treasure trove of memories known as the Akashic records. These are literally also a library of mystical knowledge containing encoded information of all life experience, including an imprint of every self and a history of the infinite stored from the origins of time. The wisdom from this beautiful, resonating, energetic heart whose fabric connects all humanity, life forms, and unlimited elements is accessible to each of us with pure intention through meditation. And the Akasha is is the term upon which I've based the premise for the new book, Akashic Alphabet. Hmm. Uh, Trenes, this is, or excuse me, Trenes. 
Uh, I'll get you to feel right. Well, the message of the book, then, again, the book is Akashic Alphabet. Akashic Alphabet, yes. Uh Okay. Now tell us what the message of the book is. Well, just grabbing my book here because I want to be looking at it as I speak to you. The the for for eons of time, for millennia, man has known that certain combinations of light, color and form contain a vibration to awaken higher states of consciousness within. So by applying these elements, Akashic Alphabet was created as a powerful catalyst for humanity, and it offers a series of shining prophetic paradigms for the new world. Media news, while it's often very important, does tend to dwell on sensationalist happenings that are frequently of a darker nature. The 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 carefully crafted scenes in my book are glimpses into what is often also going on simultaneously across continents and spheres and other uh, dimensions that is positive and for the good of mankind but is not publicly broadcast, kind of like your show. <laughs> it is my <laughs> prayer that all humanity be made aware of this other remarkable side of life taking place which has tremendous value and inherent goodness with ability with an ability to counterbalance and transcend in exponential proportion the lower energies on our planet. Now, the, the beautiful... Can this be... Uh, each individual, can we do this by meditation? Yes, yes. And um, the light of Paramahansa Yogananda really shines throughout this book. Um, I do believe that his writings are some of the most brilliant wisdom that I have ever encountered. Um, and uh, Yogananda taught different uh, varying various levels of yoga. And, you know, he was responsible for really bringing the East and West together and showing how we could be really connected and all as one and, and that there did not have to be any major divisions Um Anyway, um, uh, the the point of and the message here is to show a beautiful, graceful connection of oneness that exists in every uh, every animal, human being, insect, mineral, rock, planet, etc., etc., ad infinitum, uh, down to the tiniest cell that we're all connected and there is divine. force within each of each of each of every element so this is what i've based the book on well our ancient ancestors were aware of this and somehow we lost that awareness yes yes um i think with the advent of material things becoming more and more important mankind began to develop uh, his focus on material things in life rather than uh, the things that reside within our minds and in our hearts and souls and our spirits. 
And um, so we look outward for gratification and for results and for information when really, truly all the answers really lie within within us. In your book, you have so much um, artistry. How did you go about choosing what went in the book and the people that brought it to you? Um, I have received visions since I was a child, and my mother was was a very prophetic woman. In fact, when my husband uh, had leukemia many years ago and was in the hospital going through a bone marrow transplant, my mother came down toward toward the end after the doctor said that he didn't have very long, and she actually did a healing with my husband, and um, his count started to jump at that point, and they continued every day thereafter for the next several weeks, and he actually went home from the hospital several weeks later. So I am so, I was so blessed to have a mother who imparted great knowledge and awareness to me at a very young age and introduced me to all different kinds of uh, sources of information and to the spirit world and Edgar Casey's teachings and she was very ahead of her time I've al- I always felt that and even her touch uh, I remember her touch as a child how healing it felt um, just difficult to explain really but uh, it was very beautiful anyway um, the question that you asked me was the art go ahead yes, go ahead the artwork yes the artwork so um in re- I, I was reading one of Paramahansa Yogananda's books, The Second Coming of Christ, and uh, on about the 21st page, he was discussing the cosmos through, a, through an astral lens of light. And the, uh, this idea just came into me. Wouldn't it be wonderful to attempt to maybe try to carry on a part of his legacy by producing a compilation of many scenes from many cultures all over the world are showing the oneness in all of them through an astral lens of light as if someone were looking at these scenes through an enlightened stance or an elevated consciousness level through a lens of light. And uh, this idea took hold and I had some rather miraculous experiences take place within the course of about two years and I began receiving these beautiful visions for the pages of the book, and they were very detailed down to the refinement of the features and the people and the plant life and so forth, every detail, the colors. And I, I also began receiving narrative and information, and I began writing it all down, and I put it together in a format, and I really was led. I do not take credit for this book in any way because I believe with all my heart that I was divinely guided to do this. I never had writer's block. The the information just poured right in. It just flowed in. And when it came time to uh, assemble the book and then actually uh, develop the visions into into paintings that would then become illustrations for the book. 
It took me about a year and a half, and I went through about 30 artists, and I was I was connecting with artists all over the country, and uh, some some of them were magnificent artists, but none of the uh, samplings or the, the artwork that I viewed of theirs was quite right. And so I finally went to UCSD, and I put a little card in the student center there asking for an artist and describing the project. And within a week, I received a response, and it was an elder, an elderly gentleman who called me. He said he was a master artist from Russia, a master artist and sculptor, and that he was very, very interested in the project. As soon as I saw his website and viewed his work, it was like a little lightning bolt, and I knew that was it. And as it turns out, um, I, I, at first I wasn't sure I was going to be able to afford him because master artists, as you can imagine, are very, very expensive, and I had 26 illustrations here to do for the book. But he was going through a little bit of financial difficulty, and he really loved the project and the subject matter, and so he happily agreed to work with me and to do it. And uh, so that's how he came in. And as it turned out, ultimately, I found out he only lived 10 minutes from me in Encinitas here, and he was also a devotee of Paramahansa Yogananda. So, again, I I do believe that was orchestrated out of my hands. Yes, it really sounds like it. You said it took a year and a half to find the artist, but how long did it take from the beginning that when you first began the book until it was completed? The, the entire book project took about six years. Wow. So um, this uh, this master artist that did the work for you, what is his name? His name is Sergei Irov, and he's acknowledged on the copyright page of the book. And uh, uh, I am so grateful that he was able to see so clearly and accurately into my visions. I, I gave him probably hundreds and hundreds of pages of typed text describing exactly how I saw each illustration with the figures and, and just all of the tiny minutiae and the detail. And he brought forth these incredible, these incredible paintings. And I, I am just, I will always be eternally grateful to him for the for the beauty and his ability to have the vision and, and to see it almost as if he were looking through my eyes it was just remarkable. Wow. I'm that sure that the, the experience that he had creating these um, beautiful illustrations, I, he probably, uh, I'm, what words am I trying to reach? He probably, his vibration probably even came up higher I, did he recognize that by working with this that yes. he personally brought his own uh, vibration up? Yes, and I feel that um, in his own personal life he was going through some difficulty. And I'm, I, I hope that this did help elevate him. And, and in, in having discussions with him, I would meet with him every several days and we would go over things together for many, many months, over a year it took to do it. Um, I, I could see um, kind of a slight transformation taking place within him because when I first met him, he was a very sober and very serious man. 
And as months, as we got into it several months, I began seeing him smile more and there was more of a warmth kind of emanating from his heart. And I, I hope that might have had something to do with this. Um, I think for him to be studying all of the, the literature, the information, and then putting it onto the canvas, I don't see how he could not have been elevated just by the sheer act, you know. It must have been incredible. I have well, such high regard for artists and painters. I just, oh my God, highest respect. Well, you your heart actually... Uh, say again? Are, are you Are you still in contact with him? Yes, yes. He lives here in North County. And mm. um, I'm, I'm just very, very grateful. Um, also... I told him that the intent of the book was to lift people into a healing vibration. Uh, m- my whole purpose was to create a book so that when people would read these words and view the illustrations, their own vibration would be palpably lifted and they could feel the difference, feel the healing vibration so that they were lifted into a higher space. The book is, I think, will be wonderful for uh, for baby boomers and mm-hmm. also for elderly parents uh, with their with their caregivers caregivers and and their family members because uh, it, it it was also designed to help try to remove some fear based consciousness in people and lift them. And so, uh, I'm not sure how you ladies have viewed these pages, but. They, every page has been gone over to the tiniest de, in the tiniest detailed way. It has been infused with love, just infused with all of the love in my heart and soul. And Sergey also put all of his love into this. So, and 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 the intent of that was also so that it could then be received back by the person receiving it and viewing it and we hope that this is the case and for you know for those who are ready and open to receiving i think it will be there for them in that way have you got pretty many feedback have gotten any feedback yes oh yes yes lots of beautiful feedback um i was just so grateful uh, last week i found out that the book has been listed on Publishers Weekly, January 2015 select list. And so this is a a beautiful gift for the book. This is like your two hearts were joined in, in this beautiful connection that you have, and you just kept raising each other higher and higher as things went on. It's just magnificent. It's, It's a prayer on, it's an ongoing prayer. Thank you so much for for your acknowledgement of it. Yeah, it's lovely when two people can work together like that. It it's, is. It's it is. just you know, talk about a match made in heaven. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was 
very interesting journey working with him. What, artists great... are unusual. You know, artists are a little unusual. And and writers, uh, when I say unusual, you, you know, because their creative side, uh, particularly one who is a master like this, um, the creative side is so highly developed that um, that they're really operating a little bit on a different vibration than than the majority of people, you know. So it takes someone who can tap into that vibration and who recognizes that within them to identify. And I'm so grateful because as a writer, you know, a writer a writer is also a form of artistry that I was we were able to have that connection and that he was able to come into my mind and I was able to communicate to him kind of on his terms and on his level um, so much of what the intent was so that it just kind of flourished through his work and then it just blossomed into form and manifested. It was just just beautiful. You spoke about some special occurrences that took place while the book was being um, uh, going through its journey. (laughs) Can you share some of those um, beautiful experiences that you had? Sure. Um, Without going into a lot of detail, there were a series of maybe 10 different factors that came into play that aligned, like ducks in a row, kind of, for this book to take seed and to go, to go forward. Um, The first thing that happened was uh, I went to a rebirthing session years, years and years ago, and I had I actually had not done very much research about rebirthing. I typically do research before I go into things or take a, a course or a workshop, but I had not. So I kind of went into it almost blindly, and I wasn't quite sure what to expect. I'd heard a few things, but nothing in detail. And I really, I had an experience that I had a I had a true, authentic, out of body experience, and I had. Uh, supportive therapists present there with me while I was going through it and it really changed my life forever um, the the vignette in the book called Spirit S is for Spirit is, is the picture of uh, a beautiful humpback whale and the title of that vignette is Silent Spirit Sings Sacred Soul Satori a Satori is a meeting with one's true essence of self, a, a, a uh, actually a confronting one's own spirit. And it, this is not uh, an experience that most people will have in their lifetimes. It, it was something quite out of the ordinary, and, and I will never, ever forget it. Um, it lasted for probably several minutes where I actually left our notion of reality and and time and I felt a kind of a buzzing sound going through my body, a very quiet buzzing sound and 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 as I did that I experienced my a, 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 a very subtle vibration going on, almost a, 
like a like a gentle shuddering kind of a vibration. Hard to describe really, but moving from the feet and then up through the legs, up through the torso, up into the head, neck, and arms, and out into my fingertips. And at one point, I I felt my hands were pure light, and if I could just place my hands on anything or anyone, they would be instantly healed. And there was also a sound of like a a gentle static vibration, almost as if you're watching a television set and the contrast sound is on and it's that white snow static. And then I shifted into this light where it became all white contrasting light. And, And I realized a moment or so later that I was no longer contained within my physical body and I could feel myself as if I were in hundreds of different tiny parts everywhere, that my essence was everywhere at once. And so that experience was truly phenomenal to me. And when I came back into full consciousness, I was lying on cushions. And as I tried to rise up, as I tried to rise my body and sit up, my body felt as if I weighed about a thousand pounds and I could barely move. And it didn't occur to me until later. It took me about a half hour to to regain, uh, you know, uh, being able to <laughs> walk and move easily. I, I realized that it was because I had been in the light body and uh, I had left the physical. And when I came back into the physical, I was experiencing that heavy density of of matter, and it was comparatively so heavy. Anyway, I had that experience. And then about a year later, I had an accident with a chiropractor who injured my back and tore a ligament in the back. So that forced me to actually be on my back, lie on my back for the majority of the time for the next two years. I couldn't do very much. All I could really do at that point was read and write. So uh, a lot of a lot of the uh, visions, a lot of the uh, information, and so forth. I was doing a lot of meditating and pray, prayer at that time. It was flowing in through me. And as I look back now, I realize, you know, perhaps if that accident had not happened, I may never have the book may may not have ever come to fruition. Uh, I also lost both my parents a few months later, within a few months of each other. I had some what would some experiences of what many would call little miracles occur with with a spirit coming their spirits coming to me tangibly uh with other people and by myself and uh there were then I almost lost my home but I didn't and I lost my little my little dog of 18 years and there was a great deal of loss taking place in my life. And wow. what that, uh, the, the, the lesson and the gift in that that I realized later was really about letting go. Just letting go, letting go of everything. Because it's all so fleeting and the only constant is change as we know. And that uh, it's, it is such a beautiful drama that we're living here in this life you know it's a beautiful collective grand delusion really is what it is and um it's important i think to even though we have deep emotions 
and we suffer and we have great joy um, to try to disengage a little bit and to detach just a little bit from the physical realm because it is quite strident. It's, it's quite a harsh realm and uh, we need to buffer ourselves uh, the way animals buffer this planet in such beautiful ways and soften our paths here. Um, we need to detach a little bit so that we can maintain a calmness and a centeredness within our souls that keeps us steady and maintaining uh, maintaining uh, a constancy of calmness and peace. So all of this is happening to you, it's kind of like a you're able to see a fluidness that we as human beings need to look at. Yes, and also to learn to not to learn to acknowledge a lot of the dark energies, a lot of the uh, disappointing or frightening or traumatic kinds of news that is that we receive on a daily basis. To acknowledge it, but to not dwell on it to not give it energy, to not run over it a thousand times over and over and over in our minds, but rather to take those darker images or distressing kinds of information and news, to acknowledge it, but then to just kind of let it go out of our minds as if it's sifting through a beautiful strainer. Let it, let it filter out and put it back on the back burner and to focus, focus our energies on the light, and the beauty, and the love, and the joy, and the magic. Now, how you described your first experience, um, to me it sounds almost like um, a near-death experience. That's true, and I do think that out-of-body experiences are very, very similar to out-of, pardon me, to near-death experiences. Uh, I was very blessed to have Dr. Raymond Moody who I'm sure you ladies know is the author of the best-selling book, Life After Life. He wrote a book, I believe it was released in the late 70s or early 80s, um, that became a national bestseller. He did a study of 150 patients who had near-death experiences where their brains actually stopped functioning for several minutes or their heart stopped for, for a period of time, and then they came back. And what he did was he gave them all a list of questions under the same kinds of conditions. It was a controlled study. And he found that all of them reported instances that mirrored each other, at which we now know that kind of information is, is almost mainstream today. But at the time, you know, 30, 40 years ago, it was not so known where the, uh, the spirit upon uh, dying actually rises above the body and looks down at the deceased loved ones, looks up and sees a great white light and a feeling of bliss and so forth, and then, and then moves across the room or into another corridor or across a valley as if transitioning through a, a space into another space, seeing shadowy figures of... Of, of, of deceased loved ones waiting, reaching out, and so forth, and go and moving toward a white light. All of these kinds of factors were reported by by people who had these experiences from all cultures. Anyway, Dr. Moody uh, reviewed my book and gave the most the most beautiful uh, review for the book, and I was 
very grateful to have that review. Um, he, he, he likened the book to the ancient Abecedaries. And, and he says, I'll just read the two lines. They're so, just so uh, educational, really. He said, in the ancient world, abecedaries were used exclusively for sacred purposes, such as issuing prophecies or communicating with God. Akashic Alphabet is a beautiful book that returns the abecedary to its roots as a spiritual practice. This delightful spiritual ABC book succeeds in making the veil between the worlds a little thinner. So I was, I was quite honored to, to receive that from him, a dear man. Um, you said some p- groups of people are studying your book. Um, how are they, I mean, besides learning each letter, um, can you, are they meditating on, on the particular things, or what? how are they using your book? Well, uh, you say groups of people. Um, I'm not sure what you're referring to with that. Now, um, um, you, you, yes, yeah. go ahead. Um, go ahead. You said uh, one of the bookstores. Oh, oh, yes. Uh, so, thank you. Soulscape Books, which is one of the most popular um, mind, body, spirit bookstores in Southern California. It's located here in Encinitas, uh, in San Diego, North County. Um, I just recently learned that they are now using the book as a reference book for their entire store. And the reason they're doing it is not only because of the beautiful vignettes and the, and the, and the prophecies and the paradigms for the new world, which is what they were created for, but for the intensive Akashic glossary at the back of the book, which houses almost, let's see, we have nine pages, and the book is a very large book. It's 12 inches tall by 10 and a half inches wide, as you know, so it's very large. So there's an enormous amount of information. It took me close to nine or ten months to compile all the beautiful definitions of uh, metaphysical and spiritual words and phrases uh, from many different cultures, many different spiritual belief systems, and it's all compiled here in in this glossary. Um, What I did was I listed in vignette sequence a list of the words and terms for each vignette in alphabetical order. So if you look at the first vignette, you can just flip back to the Akashic Glossary and on the first page, all of the words and terms within that first vignette that that one might not understand the definition of or not might not be familiar with are spelled out. So what that does is it really illuminates the vignette and gives you uh, the meaning and the symbolism and the and the and the depth beneath the words because there's a lot more to these short vignettes than immediately meets the eye. There's a lot of depth and symbolism that that goes on here. So in, in any event, anyway, the store is using the book. I think probably because of the the intensive glossary. It's very educational. When people come in, they can explain things to them and educate them. Well, I could see what well, I could see, and I don't know. If- anybody's using your book this way, a group of people getting together and studying each vignette and then discussing it and bringing it to a deeper level because maybe what one person um, doesn't see another does and, you know, sharing thought processes would really be 
bringing a group to a deep, deeper level. That is such a beautiful thought, um, and and that's a wonderful idea maybe for the for the future to have um, to have um, a, maybe book groups could consider this as a book to study and to learn together and to to uh, discuss because you know many minds together can create wondrous things. We're all pioneers in this new world. I. I also want to let people know the um, Akashic Alphabet won two gold awards late, late last year and was the Outstanding Book of the Year for the Living Now Spirit Award in 2014. Yes, I'm so grateful for those beautiful gifts, too. Very, very happy. You know, in the book, there is there are many phrases, like I mentioned, that... Um, that might be new to some. And if you ladies might like to go to the uh, forgiveness vignette for a moment, that's F for forgiveness, there is a line in that vignette. And pardon me, I'm on the wrong. <laughs> I'm looking at the wrong one. I think they're They're all one, you know. <laughs> The one I'm referring to, just hold on just a second here. I'm going to it now. Anyway, the phrase I want to discuss with you is um, record keepers. Um, if you go to the H vignette, H is for healing. This this is taking place in Himachal Pradesh, India, where a gathering of simply garbed yogis from many countries are all seated, and they're joined in in uh, incantations and meditating um, to heal the spirit of mankind. And uh, it, it, is a, it is a scene that just flowed in and, it, and, he, and, the, and the artist really depicted it so beautifully. And what is mentioned here, I mention here, is that there are rows of ancient pines and I call them a row of regal record keepers. And record keepers um, are, is an enlightened concept from author Diane Robbins that trees are a vast underground communications network. And Diane says that the branches are layered with information and the leaves are recording plates, sweeping the ethers, picking up pertinent information of all that is about to occur that forests are actually self-contained libraries encoded with cosmic intelligence and graced by the divine the way humans are, except that they are aware of their gifts and use them to create only harmony. And I thought that was one of the most beautiful, beautiful concepts that I'd ever heard. What do you ladies think about that? Well, I studied trees and... um my friend and I created a nature class, and part of the the class was actually about what you just said about the trees. The forest really are, and yes. um, it, it talks to each other, and and the mushrooms in the forest um, help the trees, and the trees help the mush. I mean, it just can go on and on and on. So yes. That's, uh, yes. That's. And you the, know, um, I studied qigong for a while, and. Uh, the Qigong masters have you stand close to the trees 
and you, you, you've probably done this if you've ever had a Qigong class or any kind of a, a Tai Chi class, where you stand close to the trunk of, an, of a really older tree and you place your hands with the palms facing the trunk and you move them very close to the trunk and then very slowly out away from it several inches and then in close again. And you can actually begin to feel a palpable energy emanating from the tree. It's like a gentle force, a slight, slight resistance that you feel on your hands as you move back and forth. Have you have you ever encountered that or experienced that? Yes, exactly. So beautiful. Like yeah. the, the spirit of the tree, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, there's, I don't know, I heard of a tree in India, I don't know, maybe you know about it, that you can take a leaf off the tree and it tells you about your own life. No, I don't know about that, but I'd love to know about it. <laughs> you know, I have to look that up. It, it has its own records, and uh, people go there from all over to uh, find a leaf that goes along with their their journey today, you know, what's happening yes. to them today. So yes, I have to look that up. Like, to, like to tea leaves, you know, the way uh, mm-hmm. people who are gifted can read tea leaves of people's lives. The... Um, you know, in, in many parts of Asia, there are groups of uh, Buddhist monks that are now draping the trees. And I had this vision come in, and I had no idea what it meant when I received it. But I had this vision of trees draped in this golden cloth. And and I saw white elephants roaming through the forests. And when I looked into it and researched it, I, I found out that these these uh, Tibetan monks are draping many trees in forests in Chiang Mai, Thailand, and, and many, many countries over there with this golden saffron cloth. And when they do that, the government will not cut down the trees. They're then re- they're, they are then regarded as ordained monks. The trees are regarded as ordained monks, and they're considered sacred, and so they leave them alone. So what's happening is... These vast forests are being saved because the tree, you know thousands of trees are, have been draped with the beautiful cloth, and not only are the trees being saved, but a lot of the indigenous plant life and bushes and trees around these trees is also being saved, which is wonderful for uh, uh, medicines for Ayurvedic purposes. And the white elephants have actually found the rare white elephants have found these these forests and realize that there are sanctuaries for them and that they're safe there. So they're congregating in these forests. And I thought, what a beautiful story that is. You know, oh, yeah. Wow. This is what I found out. After I receive visions, I then will research because I want to be sure that everything is very authentic and 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 uh, and real and true. And so anyway, in, in researching it later, I, I, I found out about this and... I thought, what a beautiful story that is. When did that begin, uh, Chenef? I'm not sure. I think it's just been happening in the last decade. I don't think it's been going on very long. You yourself wow. communicate with animals, and is that true? I mean, if my yes. memory serves me right. Yes, I do. I do. <laughs> I do. And what do they say to you? Right. Well, 
they say many things, but I think I feel animals' feelings uh, more than receiving words from animals. I had, I was just telling someone the other day about eight or nine years ago, I was swimming and I was in a pool and I got out of the pool and I was drying off and I heard a little, a little commotion in the water down toward the other end and I thought, what is that in there? So I walked down the, to the edge and I saw a little tiny mouse and she was floundering out there in the water. So I raced over and I got my, my sandal, my little thong, and I put it into the water and I reached it over to her and she climbed on to my thong and I lifted her gently out over to the deck of the pool and I put her down and she she was completely just soaked and she shook herself off and and I'm standing there and I'm kneeling down and then I knelt down to her I, I didn't know if she would run and she didn't run from me she stayed right there in front of me and do you know, she lifted up on her little hind legs and put her little forepaws into the air to me and looked up into my eyes and she was thanking me. You know, she was thanking me for saving her. So beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then she gently dropped down and ran off into the bushes. <laughs> it was such oh, a wow. moment. Beautiful moment. Because, you know, that's the... Um, the animal human that's the kindredship that's the connection of the oneness you know mm, exactly uh one time when i was in uh, mexico and it's a as a public pool but in the middle of the pool was an island and uh the iguanas stayed on the island oh yes, so yes. iguana yes. iguana and i met each other's eyes so oh. i invited it over so it swam clear across the pool and came and, and came to me and uh, one of the one of the people that worked at the hotel said, "I've never seen an iguana do that during the day." Said so once in a while they'll come over at night, but he says I've never seen one do that during the day. Yes. So it was just it was just a special moment for me. Oh yes, he felt safe with you and knew that you were connecting with him. So beautiful. Yes, and you know, um, talking about animals. Um, I really have come to feel that the large masses of animals, like herds of animals, really are perhaps placed on this planet as buffers to soften our paths uh, collectively, you know, large groups of people softening large groups of people. And that domestic animals that are living in homes and so forth are really here to help soften our paths on an individual level because have you ever noticed how they you know they seem to absorb a lot of um the the emotions of the humans the the point i'm making here is for us to try to be aware that it's it's important for us to be careful what we subject our animals to so because arguments and hateful language and disturbances that are not that are that are of a lower level really do impact animals and they, and the animals can actually manifest cancer into their bodies and different disease and illness just the way humans can and since they are in the household and they are beautiful little buffers and big buffers they can absorb these energies into their bodies 
And so we must be careful to treat them and respect them with reverence and protect them from from a lot of that if if it's possible. A lot of people don't think in those terms and I think that that's so important for us to be aware of. And a lot of people really believe that the the whales and dolphins are here to help us um, transform and um, go to a higher energy. Yes, I, I do agree with that. I had the privilege of swimming with uh, world-renowned uh, marine mammal communicator Joan Ocean over in Hawaii and went out on her boat for a week every day for many hours and we were in the water many miles out from shore and had uh, many wild dolphins come over and you learn not to chase after them you just tread water and they come right over to you and and a lot of them would come in pairs over to me in the water and they set up an energy exchange um, like a bridge of sorts and Joan believes that they download a lot of information from humans into their own minds and that they also are pardon me they that they upload information into their minds from humans and that they also download information into the human minds that they're with and so um it's a kind of giving and receiving uh, te- telepathically you know between uh, the dolphin or the whale and the human in the water and that was really uh a profound experience with her. She's written several beautiful books. Yes, we were we had the privilege of interviewing her. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Then yes. you know what I'm talking and about. She, <laughs> yes, well, I actually went out on a boat with her. Oh, you did there was too. A, oh, yeah. Yeah, well, there was a dolphin and whale conference, and so everybody that went to the conference had the experience of going out and swimming with the dolphins. Yes, so it was wonderful. Yes. But uh, she's done so much work on the island uh, to allow people to be able to swim because um, the state wanted to stop it. Yes, I so know. Yes. So yeah, she's she's a pioneer too. She's really yes. pioneering the shift on this planet on many levels. <laughs> well, we want to let everybody know who we were talking to. Uh, Trinas Rose. That's T R E N A C E, and her and last name is Rose R O S E. What a beautiful name! Thank you very much. And her website is akashicalphabet.com. Uh, you'll love going there. It is just really um, it opens your heart to be there. And um, how can people find your book and what is the best way for them to journey with it? Yes, um, the book is available uh, at all local bookstores. It's also available on Amazon. And it is available on the book website, which is A-K-A-S-H-I-C Alphabet. Dot com and uh, I just they can also, yes go ahead say, they can also email you right at info at akashic alphabet dot com as well yes and um, 
and they can contact me through the website just by writing a message that way, and then I can get back to them. Well, after this large project that uh, you've completed, uh, do you have any other projects um, on the shelf or what you're thinking or starting? Or I actually have a uh, a children's book uh, is in conceptual design now for for sensitive children, and it's based on a very similar premise as this. Oh, how wonderful! Thank you. Sounds so like you, you have had experience from when you were a child. Yes. But, you know, um, the reason I said sensitive children is because um, after in this new millennium that we're living in, um, as we all know, that there are many indigo children and crystal children coming coming through and being born, and they are... Uh, considered slightly more highly evolved and able to tune in to higher frequencies and communicate with a sixth sense more easily connect connecting with spirit that they're they're gifted in many ways they're also gifted in that they they naturally gravitate toward harmonious situations and don't really understand the concept of of uh of argument or disarray or disorganization they they're drawn toward harmony anyway um as a child i was a very sensitive child and there are there are books written about uh, ultra sensitives and what i came to learn as i grew older is that the sensitivity while it's it's not easy to be sensitive growing up as a child because you don't understand. Everything seems very harsh around you. And you don't understand a lot of what's going on. But but what is really happening is that having this ultra-sensitivity gives you a, a keen sense of intuition and an ability to tap into uh, other people and situations very clearly and accurately and go right into the heart of the matter. Um, and if if instead of focusing on the difficulties that sensitivity can bring, it's a really wonderful thing to be able to focus on the gifts that it brings and develop that intuition, uh, thereby really empowering yourself as a being on, on this realm, in this realm. I know parents well, have the ability to... Um, lift their children up who are sensitive, but there are parents sometimes that can shut it down. So it's really important to get the information out there. I agree. I agree. Hmm. Well, we thank you for the lovely work you're doing. That's for sure. Thank Um, you so much for having me today and for acknowledging everything and relating to it and receiving it. Well, we look forward to... uh, Checking out your next venture <laughs> with you as well. So let us know when you're um, ready for that journey. I will. I will. Okay. I will indeed. And bless you. God bless you, both of you, for all of the good that you're doing for the world, and 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 lifting the vibration of humanity with your beautiful words and your discussions with people. It's just just very very important. Thank you, Trenes. Thank you. Um, 
this is just really um really it, it really allows people's hearts to be triggered and and for them to think about the coordination of working all one 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 on one and with the entire world thinking of it as such as well um and your book would be your book was, uh, would make a beautiful gift. I mean, not only for yourself, but I mean to give to others. This book is just so beautiful. It would make a great gift. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> well, all right. So, again, your website is akashicalphabet.com. And akashic is A-K-A-S-H-I-C. And alphabet.com. And... Um, and you can email uh, Trinace um, and ask her some questions if you need to. <laughs> I'm sure she'd love it. And thank you for, again for being with us so much. Thank you so much, both of you. Very honored to be here with you. Okay. And have a beautiful day. <laughs> you too. Thank okay. you. Namaste. Blessings. Bye-bye.